go on to say a few things about how I think socialists or Marxists should um, approach uh, religion in the world today and what we should say about it, what we should do about it. And um, uh, yeah, so that's what I'm, that's the kind of thread that I'm taking. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the sort of philosophical background first. Um, so um, Marx uh, was um, uh, a member of the uh, Young Hegelians uh, Club. So he studied Hegel with, uh, with Engels and was quite influenced by Hegel's philosophy, uh, but also had a lot of criticisms of it. And likewise, he was a sort of contemporary of um, uh, Ludwig Feuerbach, who was Hegel's student, and he wrote about that a bit as well. Um, so I'm not going to talk about Hegel that much. There's so much you could say, but the, what the, the thing that's relevant in, for my talk now is that Hegel wrote about the way our perception shapes the world around us. So the way that we think and the way that we uh, feel can um, shape what we um, experience. Um, whereas Marx and Engels uh, wrote about the, how the material world can shape our perception of reality. So what we um, do in our daily lives and um, the, what we experience and the systems around us and uh, economic factors and all of that, that affects her, how we ex think about um, reality. Uh, so I'm going to talk about that a bit more later. That's why I raised it. Um, and the other thing is that uh, Hegel talked about, and, Hege and sort of Hegelian philosophers talked about alienation uh, from religion. So people feeling um, like lost or, you know, like kind of at sea or a bit a sense of dissatisfaction um, because they had moved away from religion. Whereas Marx and Engels talked about people feeling alienation because they are removed from their labour in a broad sense. So they're removed from, so we, our human effort often doesn't go towards things that then uh, can, that we then benefit from or that make us happy or that we experience. Um, so that they kind of uh, had a materialist critique um, of, of Hegel. Uh, Feuerbach, who was Hegel's um, student, but had uh, but moved on from Hegel as well and added uh, his, his own thoughts, said uh, he kind of moved away from the sort of deism or pantheism of Hegel um, towards a more materialist and rational uh, explanations for the human condition. He wrote a book called In the, es uh, the Essence of Christianity, in which he talks about the consciousness of God being the consciousness of man, so that we unconsciously project ourselves onto God, which is an idea called projectionism. Um, so Marx and Hegel's drawn Feuerbach, but they also critiqued his writing um, and went, I think, further in their materialist um, analysis, arguing that, the, that human consciousness is not separable from social relations and social conditions, and that religion is, at least in part, a product of social relations and conditions. Um, so it's not just that we are projecting ourselves onto this God, it's that this God is also created by our social uh, 
conditions and relations. So the world the, is created by the world around us as well. And therefore, a change in social conditions uh, could actually change, decrease, maybe increase, depending on the nature of the change, religiosity among people and the nature of religion as well. Um, and then there's this, the final um, sentence in uh, Marx's thesis on Feuerbach says, philosophers have only interpreted the world, the point is to change it. And I think like the opium of the people, this is, for me, this is quite an, a mis, kind of misused quote, um, because within the context of this, uh, of what he's writing about, what I think it means is that change will or can challenge what we see as um, the human condition. So uh, we shouldn't have like fixed ideas about what our lives can be like and what and how we will feel and what uh, what we will believe, because all all of that can change. Um, okay. Uh, in terms of the opium of the people, so this is um, this this quote is from uh, Marx's work, the critique of Hegel's philosophy of the right, and I'm going to kind of pull out a few things that he wrote about and what I think they mean. So, um, for, first of all, straight, pretty straightforwardly, I think he says, "Man makes makes religion; religion does not make man." So I think that's quite clearly echoing. Feuerbach talking about um, us projecting onto God. But then he goes beyond that and says, man is no abstract being squatting outside the world. So again, emphasizing the kind of importance of social relations in, in our belief systems. He adds, religion is an inverted consciousness of the world. Um, and uh, the fight against religion or the struggle against religion is also the struggle against the world. So what he means here, I think, is that um, if we struggle against um, uh, religion, then we are struggling against the social structures such as capitalism that uh, can oppress or exploit us. Um, so he talks, he's, he's very clear about um, religion being at least, in, at least in part a product of social relations. Um, okay, so the analogy that I would use here, and I kind of came up with this after eating a very large lunch, um, was if this world in its current form is like indigestion, then religion is like a belch or a burp. It's not the cause of the social relations, I don't think, according to, to Marx's writings, but it's more like a symptom of it. Um, religious suffering is at one and at the same time the expression of real suffering and a protest against suffering. This is the most famous passage. Religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of a heartless world and the soul of soulless conditions. It is the opium of the people. And you could kind of read that um, not and think, oh, okay, so actually Marx is saying, you know, that um, religion gives us heart, religion gives us soul. Um, it could be a sort of positive thing in a horrible world. But actually, if you really read it again, he's saying it's a sigh. So it's not a, it's not a life-saving medicine. It's nothing. It's not actually really of any use. 
it's a symptom of a condition. Secondly, he says this world is heartless. So the heart that he's talking about as religion isn't really there. It's a sort of illusion. And thirdly, similarly, the world is soulless. So the soul is also therefore maybe um, an illusion. And it's, so, it, so I think actually it's quite, he's quite scathing about religion, but he analyzes religion in a sort of, uh, in a economic, political, social way. Um, and he isn't, it's not about condemning religious people as such. He is analyzing the religion as um, a, at least in part, a product of social relations, social relations and the world that we live in currently. Okay, so the final thing I want to talk about a little bit is um, a, a kind of Marxist or socialist approach to religion. And there's three points that I want to pick out here. So uh, I'm going to explain each one. So the first one is freedom of thought and worship. So um, I don't think that this is picked up on enough that actually uh, any good socialist should be for people having the right to believe and practice the religion that they, that if they want to. Um, but then there's quite a big caveat that comes with that, which is that that should be in the private realm. Um, so socialists should be secularists because we should also be free from religion if we want to be. And religion shouldn't, shouldn't come into the state or democracy. Um, freedom from religion is really important, I think, for a whole bunch of reasons. And I think there should be no involvement uh, in the state from religion. So there shouldn't be, you know, bishops in the House of Lords, for example. No special privileges for religion. No tax breaks. No charity status. No state funding. There should not be religious state schools. There shouldn't be any religious schools, actually, because uh, proselytization and education should be separate for me. Um, but all of this also needs to be considered with, the, with regards to the rights of religious and ethnic minorities. And I think that's, that can be a bit tricky. Um, and the, the final thing I want to say about secularism, and I think this isn't really emphasised enough, is that a key demand, I think, for socialists, um, not just because it empowers the working class and is good for people and makes people's lives better, but for other reasons as well, we need to demand uh, a better state benefit system so that young, so that people who might be rejected from their family or community because of their lack of religion or because they are queer or because they are a woman that doesn't want to get married or whatever it might be, those people are having to fight two fights, one against their own family or community uh, for their own dignity and against shape, shame culture. And secondly, they, are, they might be in a situation where they are economically dependent on people. Um, and that's, so that's really important, I think, that a key demand is really to, is to um, have a very, very comprehensive state benefit system in order, to, in order for people to be, to be free from religion or free to practice religion in the way they choose. Um, my final point is that 
socialists should be rational and rationalists and should defend science and the scientific method and the fact that actually not all not all systems of knowledge are created equal and the scientific method is a robust way of um, testing the world around us and discovering the world around us and you can't get the same from horoscopes you can't get the same from uh you know conspiracy theories you can't get the same from uh from established religion either um and i think that that's um uh there is obviously clearly um of massive importance at the moment uh with people setting fire to like 5g towers and stuff like that um it's important that people understand um understand this as one that we have a better level of science science education in schools um but yeah i think that i think that we have to be uh very clearly uh rationalist and defenders of um of uh um a materialist understanding of the world and of the scientific method as the way to discover the natural world